Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore. This is Faith School. Faith School is the place where our spirit is fed, our faith grows stronger, and we learn how to be overcomers. Uh, Christians are not supposed to be weak, sad, pathetic, <laughs> broke. The Lord took our place, was judged, broken in our place, so we could be whole. He was raised, hallelujah, hallelujah. after that, and we've been raised with Him. Praise God. We're not supposed to be always groveling and hopeless and helpless and thinking that somehow that shows how great God is. God's a good father. A good father wants to see his kids do well, right? What good father enjoys their children being in pain and being broken and being without? No good father. And our good father is able. Hallelujah. He's powerful. He's able when we believe him to change things. So let's believe God, not just to uh, have a few minutes of faith class and make a note or two. Let's believe God for some things to change. Somebody say change, change, change. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we agree together today touching this, asking you for the anointing, for the working and moving of your spirit, whatever it takes to change things that need to be changed, that it would turn out for our good and for your glory. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Turn with me in the textbook again to Hebrews 10, chapter 10 and chapter 11, and let's continue studying these verses on this subject we're calling By Faith. Hebrews 10 35 says, cast not away your confidence, which has great recompense of reward, for you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Verse 38, now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Then he goes on to tell us what faith is. It's the substance or the confidence of things hoped for or expected. It is the evidence or the conviction of things not seen. Not seen. Man, there's a most of what exists we can't see. God is spirit, but he is not less real because he's not material. We're told that the material is temporary. Temporary. All this is going to be changed. But the things that are unseen are not temporary. They're eternal. Faith is one of those things. Anybody remember the scripture said, now abides faith, hope, and love. And talking about these, three, these are forever. <laughs> they never change, go away. So, uh, time you're spending in faith class, it's time well spent. Anything you learn and develop about faith, you'll take with you past this life. It's a part of you. stays with you. In uh, Hebrews 11, he goes on to say, verse 4, you see this phrase, by faith able. And then we see verse 5, by faith Enoch. 
Verse 7, by faith Noah. Verse 8, by faith Abraham. And we get down to verse 11, through faith, it's the same phrase, by faith Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Sarah is held up as a, an outstanding example, both of a godly woman, of a great wife, of a woman of God, and a woman of preeminent faith. And these, these things never grow old. Our covenant is different from the old covenant, but God's not a different God. And faith works exactly the same now as it did with Abraham and Sarah. Exactly the same. Our covenant's different, but faith's the same. In fact, in the new covenant, there's even more emphasis on faith. Right? It's good to remember, Abraham and Sarah were not operating under the old covenant. They were not walking in the law. There was no law. <laughs> they had no scripture at all. When, when you say faith came by hearing, it's talking about them hearing directly from God. Right? And walking in, trusting what he said. Therefore, they are, not, they are an example of the believer's walk. Romans, that's why Romans 4, talking about believers in the New Testament walking by faith, that's why half the chapter is talking about Abraham. He walked by faith before any covenant. God made covenant with him. He, made, he had covenant with God. But way before the law I'm talking about. Now, um, we see a number of things about Sarah individually that tell us about her life because faith is not just a moment in time where she believed God and conceived a child. There were decades that led up to this where she and her husband are living by faith, walking by faith. And we need to see what when the Bible gives us detail about somebody like this and then holds them up as a preeminent example, we need to pay attention to those details because most of what happened in their life, we're not told. It's not relevant. But the things that are apply to us personally, they're timeless. We see Sarah was barren. We, we physically barren, sterile is the word, for decades until she was old enough that she thought this is never going to happen. But it did happen. <laughs> you can be barren and not bear fruit of whatever area for a long time, but don't give up. Don't, don't count it done. God can do something. Uh, you know, uh, sometimes people say, well, I've wasted so much of my life. Think about what the Lord did, what the Father did in three and a half years of ministry with Jesus. Huh? Think about what God did with the little boy's lunch. <laughs> right? He can take a little and do a lot. 
Do you believe it? Do, he can take a little bit of time and do amazing things. He can take a little bit of a seed or a little bit of something given and multiply it until it affects, blesses many, many. Don't, don't get uh, despondent. Don't get passive and lax and go, well, I'm getting old now. You know, my best days are behind me. And, you know, remind yourself, what can God do with one amazing year. Hmm? Jesus' whole ministry we talk about. Three years. Three and a half years. Hmm? So don't. Don't count God out. Don't despise a small seed. Or a small amount of time. Because what a big God can do. With a little thing. Is beyond what we've imagined. Sarah was barren. But God did amazing things in her end. Sarah was exceptionally beautiful and very rich. <laughs> but it also caused her some problems. <laughs> she was so pretty that the Pharaoh wanted her and took her. And then later, King Abimelech saw it, wanted her, took her. So there's a period of time where she's not at home. She's not with Abraham. She's in the palace. But she's not where she wants to be. But God protected her. Uh, you know, when he appeared in a dream to Abimelech, and he, God starts off the conversation in a dream with Abimelech, King Abimelech, with this phrase, you are a dead man. <laughs> now, when God tells you, you are a dead man, you... You got problems, man. Is that right? You got problems. And, and, and Abimelech, in the dream, he said, uh, God, I hadn't touched her. I hadn't touched her. He said, I know you hadn't touched her. That's why I'm paraphrasing. Paraphrasing. That's why you're still alive. <laughs> I knew it. And so even in this situation, in this harem, in this ungodly palace, in this man who's... The, this man's world where this king's word is life and death, God didn't even let him touch her and moved on him to the point where he's paying her husband to take her home <laughs> and paying him big. Can you see this? Never get to thinking we're helpless victims in this situation. Oh, City Hall has said we can't do it. Oh, the government said we can't do it. Oh, the homeowners association, <laughs> my neighbor, or my kinfolks said, God is bigger than your kinfolks. Yes. He's bigger than the homeowners association. Yes. He's bigger than the local and county and state governments. He's bigger than the federal government. Is he bigger than anybody in anything? If you will trust him, even though you are one individual, if you'll trust him, God will, he'll change laws. He'll change government bodies. He will change. If people are obstinate enough, he'll remove them. Put somebody else in there. He's done it many, many times. All you got to do is not get despondent, not, not yield to fear, not despair. Trust Him. Hold on to Him. 
and begin to say, I, mean, I, I'm, I know Sarah's a woman of faith. I know she's believing God in that palace. What's she doing at night? She's praying. You believe that? What's she doing all those days? She's trusting God. God got her out of there. Hallelujah. Can God get you out of a bad situation? Can he get you out of a situation where it appears you are powerless? You have no power. I'm not powerless. I got the greater one inside me. Hallelujah. My daddy's bigger than anybody. Is that right? My father is greater than all. In fact, Jesus talked about this, how that the father is greater than all. He said, no man can pluck you out of the father's hand because the father is greater than all. Now, there'll be times that you've got to remind yourself of that, right? Because she, she did get taken. She did get ripped out of her home, out of her family. She did get hauled off. But uh, God moved. Don't you know the whole country was talking about that? Word like that gets around. Did you hear what Abimelech did with that Sarah woman? <laughs> did you hear how much he paid Abraham? Did you hear? Did you hear? That went all over the country. Well, see, Pharaoh's head of Egypt. That went all over Egypt. So God is taking what the enemy meant for destruction and stealing, and he turned it around. And people are glorifying God and talking about how God's bigger than Pharaoh. <laughs> right? The, the, well, they, they worshipped all kind of gods back then, but they, it would have been the God of Abraham. The God of Abraham and Sarah is bigger than Pharaoh. Bigger than Abimelech. Now, as it progressed, go with me to Genesis, uh, 16th chapter. Like we said, um, Sarah was barren, couldn't conceive, and this is something she wanted. She's beautiful. She's rich. She's got all kind of help and um, lives in, you know, luxurious conditions for the day. But she wants a child. And so by the age of 75 or so now, she's probably thinking this ain't going to happen. So in Genesis 16, she has an idea. Verse 1, Genesis 16, 1, Sarai, Abram's wife, bare him no children. And she had a handmaid, an Egyptian, whose name was Hagar. And some speculate that uh, that was part of what Pharaoh gave them, was uh, servants and, and other help. She's Egyptian. Sarahi said to Abram, Behold now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing. I pray you, go in to my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. Watch out for this phrase. It could be. It might be. It may be. This is an indicator you hadn't heard from the Lord. And now we're just going to start trying stuff. Hmm? Now you know she's prayed about having a child. This is something big in her heart. She's prayed about it, prayed about it, probably begged too much. And it hadn't happened. It hadn't happened. It hadn't happened when she was 40. It hadn't happened when she's 50. It hadn't happened when she's 60. Now she's 70s. 
And she's now trying to find a way to make it happen other than what she started praying and believing for. You got to watch about trying to help God out. Don't you? <laughs> well, the Lord hadn't done it. Well, it looks like we need to help him. <laughs> We've given him, you know, 20 years here. Uh, and it just, Lord, let's help you out a little bit. The Lord doesn't need our help in this regard. It could be, she said, that uh, it'll happen through Hagar. And so Abram hearkened to the voice of Sarahi. Could have been a time he shouldn't have listened to her. And Sarahi said to Abram, uh, well, excuse me, I'm, I'm skipping ahead. For time's sake, we'll just, you've read it maybe before, but uh, she conceived. Hagar conceived. Now, Everybody knows the problem's not with Abraham physically. Prior to this, you might not know. And of course, this is before the days of all the clinical stuff we have available. But uh, when Hagar conceived, uh, she got disrespectful with uh, Sarah or Sarahi at that time. And it made Sarahi mad. <laughs> it made her mad. And verse 5, Sarahi said to Abram, My wrong be on you. I've given my maid into your bosom, and when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her eyes. The Lord judge between me and you. Sarah's obviously upset. She's angry. And she's taking it out on Abram. And this was her idea. Now, whether Abraham should have listened to her or not, that's another message. But uh, you see she's human. Right? And you, you see... Both she and Abraham. Uh, uh, that's one thing about the Bible. It, it doesn't color situations. It, it shows them as they are. <laughs> right? It doesn't try to make somebody to be unreal. Better than they actually were. Some idealized form of them on a pedestal. No. Uh, we're going to see later on that when God told Abram, that he's going to still give him a child when they're old and is even going to happen through Sarah. He laughed. He thought that was crazy. And we see later on, when Sarah heard it, she laughed. She thought it was crazy. Well, this is not good, strong faith. <laughs> right? This ain't faith. Laughing at God when he's telling you something serious because you think it's crazy and impossible. But it shows you how you can start off rough. Right? right? You can start off in gross unbelief. Doesn't have to be the end. Because yes. right. hmm? both of them got it fixed. Both of them took a look at their response. They reminded themselves of what God had said. What's the verse in uh, 
in Hebrews 11 about Sarah, she judged him faithful who had promised. That's a long ways from laughing, right? She got past the laughing and got to thinking about it and said, now hold on, hold on. Who said this? Who said it? He's faithful. He's watched over us every step of the way. He, he's got me and, and my Lord, <laughs> Abraham, through all these situations, got me out of Pharaoh's castle. Palace got me out of Abimelech's place, got us through all this. Why shouldn't I believe him now? Why shouldn't I trust him now? But at the moment, here in chapter 16 with this Hagar situation, She's mad, she's hurt, she's embarrassed. Now she's got so much going for her. She's the most beautiful woman in three countries. <laughs> she's rich. She's got more sandals than you can wear. <laughs> and dresses and robes and, and got all these people waiting on her. And, but this has been something that she's wanted all her life. And she said, maybe I can make it happen like this. And so she tried and it didn't work. It blew up in her face, man. You know, she wouldn't have been happy with it to start with. But especially now, Hagar is showing that she's pregnant. Everybody knows. Abraham can father a child. Hagar's got attitude, <laughs> and it just, it just, that coupled with, you know, some things that you see, this didn't happen in a week. That's right. What we're reading about, her response, and, and basically she blew up on this. This didn't happen in a week. This had been coming for years, years, and this is a mistake. And her blowing up and her blaming her husband. And you'll see what can happen when you let pressure get on you. The, the automatic tendency is to try to put that pressure on somebody else. And it's wrong. I said it's wrong. You'll see. You know, just, just take a stereotypical family. The boss jumps on uh, daddy at work and chews him out and makes him feel small and bad. He comes home and kicks the dog and jumps on mama and chews her out. Mama jumps on the, the kids. Kids jump on each other. It, can you see what I'm talking about? It, have you ever seen a situation where people come in and they're short and they're saying things and you're like, what, what happened to you? You know what I mean? You're seeing Something else happened before you got here. And yet you're taking it out on them. Well, you're not in faith when you're taking it out on people. You're, you're in a bad place. You're in a low spot. And you see, it didn't stop there. I mean, she said, my, my wrong be on you. She's blaming him for her idea. I gave my maid into your bosom when she saw that I, she had conceived. I'm despised in her eyes. The Lord judged between me and you. And Abraham said to Sarai, look, she's your maid. 
Do what you want to. And Sarahi dealt hardly with her. She was mean to Hagar. So much so that Hagar said, I'm out of here. And she left. She fled from her face. She ran. Hagar grabbed what stuff she could get and she left, which was a very serious thing about a servant leaving. It was such a deal that an angel had to appear to her, to Hagar, and said, she actually called her Sarah's maid, <laughs> her servant. I know she didn't like that. She's like, no, not anymore. Hey, you're not keeping up. I, I left. She said, the angel said, you need to go back to your mistress, verse 9, and submit yourself under her hands. Submit yourself. You know, the place God has chosen for you is the place, even if other people don't act right, even if other people don't treat right, you still want to stay where you're supposed to be and trust God to work it out. The great thing about this, Sarah got past this. Right? They, it, the next verse didn't say, and Abraham and Sarah divorced. And that was the end of that. <laughs> no, thank God they didn't. They stayed together. And a little bit later on, we're going to see God shows up and tells them some things, actually visits them personally and totally changes their life. Sarah has miracles happen in her body. The next thing you know, She's nursing her own baby boy, and they're laughing. Everybody's laughing, and they're not laughing in this unbelief. They're laughing in the joy of the glory of God answering prayer and working miracles. Can you say hallelujah? hallelujah. Well, that's it today for the faith class. Join us again next time. We'll see you soon. Friends, I've really enjoyed being with you in faith school again this week. There are a lot of previous classes that have gone before this week. We encourage you to take advantage of uh, what's available. Go back and, and join us in those. Catch up. Uh, the reason we are able to have these, uh, the resources to do this, is because of our partners that join us in faith and in finance in the ministry. The scripture said, Paul said concerning those that helped him, he said, I thank my God on every remembrance of you. He said, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. That fellowship can also be translated partnership. Everybody who has a part of this, making it happen, has a part of the reward. If you'd like to become a partner with the ministry today, and, and help to send this to others and cause it to continue. There's information uh, on your screen there. Uh, ask the Lord, you know, what your part would be in it. And we're believing with you for a harvest and for uh, abundance to come in. Like Paul said, not just that we desire a gift, but fruit that may abound to your account. That's when he went on to say, but my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. And so we're agreeing with you. Our needs are met and that your needs are met. God is faithful. Thank you. We'll see you next time in Faith School.